We're going to record right now. Hey, everybody. It's Julie Hoffman. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Gold Nuggets podcast uh, through the Okanagan Real Estate Investment Group. I'm here with the amazing, fantastic, incredible... Arlen Dolan. And he and I have been um, contacts and... Oh, you know, we're just becoming better and better friends. I'm so happy to say that. But we've known each other for like two decades, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Arlen's actually the main reason Jeff and I decided to ever uh, start investing in real estate in the first place. Um, I remember Arlen, uh, I remember my husband came home, I was six months pregnant, or he didn't come home. He called me on the way home from this event. He's like, I met this guy. We've got to invest in real estate. His name's Arlen Dolan. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I remember when he got home, he elaborated a little bit more on that, on that conversation that you had, because uh, Jeff, at the time, he had to commit to $200 a month for a minimum of 18 months. So like, it was a pretty big time commitment. You're paying it no matter what. And um, so instead of it being, you know, $200 a month, it, it sounded more like $3,600, right? And that's, and, and I don't, you, you may not remember this conversation, Arlen, you probably don't because you've talked to thousands of people. But anyway, he said, you looked at him and you said, listen, don't think of it as $3,600. Think of it as $200 a month. And by the time you get a property, if you buy the right kind of a property, the cash flow from your property should pay your membership. So it's not an issue. So just join. And that was that. And, um, yeah, it's completely changed our lives. We have just a wonderful, really amazing life. And you're probably listening to this today, um, to this podcast, because it resonates with you in some way. Maybe somebody sent it to you. I don't know. Um, but either way, thanks for being here to listen. We're just here to, to provide some knowledge, hopefully tell some good stories, hopefully have a laugh or two. And that you, you know, that you walk away from this experience knowing either a little more or a lot more than you did before. So uh, with that, today's topic is all about leverage. And uh, Arlen and I were talking about this and whether or not to do this and um, just really wanted to get some clarity around it. And um, leverage is really interesting and most real estate investors, when they think of the topic of leverage, they think when it comes to real estate, they think of getting the bank to buy your house, basically using the bank's money in order to buy an investment property. So um, for those of you who don't maybe understand the concept of leverage, if you are, uh, if you're going to buy an investment, let's say in the stock market, and it's a hundred thousand dollar investment, you're going to have to pay $100, $100,000 cash to purchase that investment. You're going to have to put the whole amount of money in order to purchase it. Now, of course, you, you either know this or you don't know this, but if you want to buy a $100,000 investment property, all you have to put down usually, typically for an investment property is 25% down, or in this case, a $100,000 property, $25,000 down, you should be able to get $75,000 from the bank. That's typical. Some, some get 80. I'm not going to get into details here. I'm not going to get into nitty gritty. So let's just say $25,000 down for a $100,000 investment property. So let's say that both of those investments, the stock that's 100,000 
and the property that's 100,000. Let's say they both go up 10% in value. That would be going up $10,000 in value for each property or for each investment. But the difference and where leverage is really important because you're basically using most of the bank's money to buy the investment property is this. The return on investment for the stock where you paid $100,000 and it went up 10% or $10,000 in value, that gives you a 10% return on your investment versus the return on investment for an investment property is actually 40% because you still made $10,000, but your investment was only $25,000. So the way to calculate return on investment is you divide the return, which is $10,000 in this case for the investment property, divided by the investment, which is $25,000 in the case of, of the investment property. So it's a 40% return on your investment. And that is why so many people are such big fans of investing in real estate. It's because of the concept of leverage. And on top of that, of course, you know, if you're doing it right, if you're doing it really well, you're making some cash flow, hopefully. But first and foremost, what, what I absolutely love is you're hopefully having an equity building tenant pay down your mortgage. And that's a whole other side of the return on investment that I won't go down that rabbit hole right now. But again, most people think of leverage as using the bank's money to buy real estate. But Arlen, what are some of the other ways that people can leverage? Like, as you mentioned, the people that are already in real estate, they always think of leverage in the terms that you explained, which is phenomenal, but there's all kinds of other leverage you could take advantage of. And some of them would be like one leveraging your money, two leveraging your time, three leveraging your credit, or it could be leveraging your knowledge or expertise. And another one yet again is leveraging other groups or other people's contacts. There's all kinds of ways where you can use leverage. So for example, um, leveraging your money. I mean, one of the examples of leveraging your money is you could be paying somebody to help a coach or mentor you. That's one way of leveraging your money. Another way to leverage your money is hiring help, getting employees. Um, another one could be if you own real estate is, is uh, hiring property management. So you're using, in these cases, money to leverage. Yeah, and right? I think and, and there's, a, there's a, a, a concept, there's a saying that you, like whenever I hear the saying, I think of you, Arlen, because if you don't leverage your money for, to, replace, to replace you from doing low, low dollar time-consuming tasks, okay, like bookkeeping or sending emails or uh, maybe even property management. If you're not leveraging your money, I th that's where you're tripping over dollars to get to dimes, right, Arlen? That's kind of uh, the, the meaning of that saying, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because so many people, they, they just, oh, it, it costs money, so I'm just going to do it myself. Oh, that costs money, so I'm just going to do it myself. Well, there's just only so many hours in a day. Right. And I mean, use the example of property management. I always hear so many people say, well, I don't want to hire a property manager because they're not as good as me. Well, that could be true. They're probably, you know, even a, even a better one might 
probably isn't going to be as good as you because it's your house. So, you know, you have more vested interest, but at the same time, what is your time worth? Should you spend all your time managing these things or would you be better use of your time to be finding the next deal or finding the next partner? Well, and I, I want to add to this because I, I really hope that this speaks to the, to the ladies out there, especially the moms. So uh, something that I suffered a lot with uh, when I was trying to, you know, get started, I was also having tons of babies at the same time. And for those of you who don't know me, I have five kids and it was just like, I was pregnant for a decade. I think it was something like that. I had five kids between 2002 and 2008 somehow. Anyway, I was pregnant a lot. And, and women, uh, I don't know about you, Arlen, but I know a lot of very successful real estate investor women. But the problem is you could have like, should I spend all my time with my child? Or should I put them with a babysitter? And so this is an example of leveraging your money. If you can, if you can pay for a little bit of childcare or get a nanny to help with some of the housekeeping or whatever, then that's definitely money well spent. Now I'm a firm believer in spending as much time with my kids as absolutely possible. But I, I, I frequently used childcare and probably... 10 to 10 to 20 hours a week, depending on what was going on in my, in my life at the time. And what that did is it helped just free up some time so that I could really focus on buying properties and that I'd get super valuable properties. So it was, so it was amazing return on my, on my investment for my time. Yeah. My kids didn't, you know, they didn't like the babysitter as much as they liked me, but it was definitely a good ROI for me because it inevitably ended up turning into me being able to spend more and more time with them. Same goes for, again, housework. There's so many women that, you know, they, they, they think the house has to be perfect all the time. First of all, that's not true. It doesn't always have to be perfect. But if you find that you're doing housework instead of looking for properties, I seriously encourage you to consider um, delegating that task because it, it'll just enable you to, again, do higher dollar, uh, better ROI for your time activities. I'm glad I got to mention that. For all the mamas out there who think, oh, I feel so guilty. Oh, you don't have to. Your kids are going to be okay. They know that they, that they love you. And I do. And I still spend tons of time with my kids. They're sick of me sometimes. They're like, geez, get a life, mom. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So again, you could again you could leverage your money again being coaching, mentoring, you know, employees, help, um, property management, and so on. And of course, another thing you could leverage is your time. Maybe you don't have money to leverage. Maybe things are really tight for you, but you could leverage your time. How can you do that? Well, there's lots of different ways you can do that. Maybe one of the things is you get really good at finding smoking great property deals so you find the deals you don't have the money to put them together but you find somebody with the money or the credit and you get a and you get a percentage of the of the deal that's one way to leverage time right yeah. um, another way you can leverage time is maybe you're a expert renovator you, you don't know how to find the properties you don't know how to finance them and put them together but you know how to 
renovate a house from top to bottom far cheaper than anybody out of the yellow pages. So maybe you can cut a deal with, um, with another investor that can find the properties and is, and is lacking time to do so many um, renovations or burrs or anything like that. And you can get a small piece of the deal. You do your labor for free and you get a piece of the piece of the profit, or if you're going to hang on to it, you get a piece of the long-term um, wealth building property. Yeah, I love that idea. You could save people so you can save investors so much money on their renovations, just if you're willing to paint or do demo or take things to the dump. You know, like it's it's really it, it, every penny counts when when investors are doing these deals. So if you're willing to just put in some sweat equity in your time, it's absolutely valuable, and it could lead to more deals. Totally I mean, another way, yeah. another way you could do it is you can offer to do some work for free in exchange for them um, helping you out, teaching you a little bit more about real estate. Again, if you don't have money, so leverage your time. I mean, I know most people, when I say leverage your time, that means you've got a full-time job. Well, you just put in some extra hours to get the machine going and do it that way. Right? Yeah. People make time for, what, for what's important. And I don't say this to make anybody feel guilty, but if you take a good look at what you're doing, in your spare time, like, and there's a way you can help create value to somebody else that'll teach you. Oh, it's, it's smart to take a look at what you're doing with your time and say, well, maybe I'll cut back on, on Netflix a couple hours and I'll, and I'll help. I'll give you, I'll give you an, give you an example. We have this great, uh, I work with Paul Duncan. He's an online marketer and he's got this great program where you can, find motivated sellers online through um, Kijiji. And it requires some uh, time. It, it requires some maintenance. But the great thing about it is that it's essentially free. You could have like 50 ads running on Kijiji in front of your target audience all at once, essentially for free. But again, it takes you t it'll take you time to learn the skills to know how to just bump these ads properly so that they remain on page one. And it's a really important thing to do. But the fact of the matter is, everybody's online and a lot of motivated sellers are on Kijiji. I won't get too much into that. But if you have the time, it, all you have to do is sit in front of your computer. You can basically do it any time of the day. You can do it on your lunch break. You can do it after the kids go to bed. You do it instead of, you can do it like while you're watching a hockey game, really, you could. So all kinds of things that you could do um, to fill your time for sure. So another thing you could leverage as we mentioned too, also is credit. Now let's just say you're someone new in real estate and you don't know what to buy, how to manage, how to take care of a rental property, how to place tenants. You don't know any of that, but you do have a strong job and you do have credit. Well, there's value to some investors where you could partner with them where, whereby Basically, you're just qualifying for the mortgage and the other person will take care of everything. And you could work uh, equity split doing it that way. So all you're really using is your strong credit. Because for many investors, especially buying single family properties, you know, once you get to a certain level where that be four, five, six, seven properties, the bank kind of puts the halt on you in terms of mortgage qualification. Doesn't matter how much income you have. Doesn't matter what your net worth is. The banks still put a stop to it. So there's value in people that have credit. So again, if you're new 
and you don't have the expertise in buying rental properties or managing rental properties, you could still partner with someone where they could use your credit and, and you do an equity split. And on top of that, you'll have a, you know, you have a piece of the pie, but along the way, I'm sure you can also learn something from the deals to get put together. So again, you could just leverage your credit. Well, and one thing that I really love about leveraging uh, your credit, whether you're leveraging your own credit or you're, you're an investor, you know, asking somebody to leverage their credit for you, it's essentially, essentially potentially, wow, I'm rhyming already, Arlen. Usually I don't <laughs> rhyme till a little later in the podcast. Um, you are, that's an infinite return on your investment when you think about it. Because yeah. all you're doing is getting the bank's money. A lot of the bank's money, usually 75 to 80% of the, of the purchase or the value. And, and you get, if you make $1 off that deal, your return on investment is infinite. So that's definitely something to think about. And um, in terms of leverage, another way you can do it again is you could be just leveraging your knowledge or expertise, right? So leveraging your knowledge. So uh, for an example, some people will leverage their coach's knowledge. If they're, if they're fairly new at real estate investment and they say, well, you know, they're presenting to a potential new partner. So usually what I, what I recommend for people, if they are brand new and they're doing this on their own and they're going into their first deal and they're looking for a joint venture partner, I usually recommend that uh, the new investor give away, give the lion's share away to the investor that is taking the risk. So the investor that is qualifying for the financing and putting the money down. So, and I, I usually let, recommend like a 90-10 split, 90% of the profit going to the, to the um, passive investor, 10% going to the newbie investor because it's their first deal until they start to get some traction. They start to get some experience. The more experience you have, the more um, the more percentage you can ask for. That's my opinion. That's what I recommend newbies that are starting out with. But a newbie starting out that has a coach or is partnered with a very experienced real estate investor can ask for more of a percentage on the deal because they're leveraging somebody else's experience. So if, if you've got somebody that's part of the deal that's already got 10 years of experience, has a very successful track record, and has also gone through some major challenges, it's very important because challenges are either something that people have gone through or are about to go through, typically. Um, very important that you know that you can ask for more share of the deal if you are, again, able to leverage somebody else's knowledge or experience. And then... On the other side of the, uh, another thing that I want to talk about as far as uh, leveraging somebody's uh, knowledge or expertise is, I, and I hear this a lot from real estate investors, they're like, well, I don't know how to sell. I don't really think of myself as a salesperson. I really am not into sales. I don't want to be, I don't, you know, I don't want to be, uh, I, I don't want to be looked at as a salesperson. Okay. Well, too bad. Arlen, I think you wrote about this uh, fairly recently on, um, on Facebook. If you're in real estate investment, you are now in, now in sales. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. And so, hey, maybe it'll never be a strength of yours, sales. Maybe it will never be a strength of yours. So what that means is it's very important, in my opinion, 
that you team up with somebody who is. Because you, you have to have somebody that has good sales skills on your team if you're really going to grow as an entrepreneur or certainly as a real estate investor. So either take sales training or team up with a very, very skilled salesperson. Yeah. So, I mean, I could use an example, like even for uh, Julie and I right now, we're actually working a large multi-million dollar commercial deal. We don't know if it's going to happen or not, but we have it's a potential gonna happen, part. Arlen. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a potential um, person we want to bring on board. We're basically, because it's a new area of real estate that neither one of us, Julie or I have a lot of experience in. I have some, but not a lot. But, but we're, we, we know of a few people that are extensively experienced. So we're offering with them, um, we're going to raise all the money. We already found the deal and we're still going to give them a percent of the deal because of their expertise and what we're going to learn from it. We see the value in it. So that person is really leveraging their knowledge. Basically, if they got in a deal with us, they didn't put up any money they're just in the deal because of their expertise. I mean, most people wouldn't do a deal like Julie and I because they're going, well, why would you give them a percent if they didn't find it and they're not putting up the money? Well, we see the value in their expertise long-term. So these guys that are extensively experienced in that, they're leveraging their expertise with us. That is really sharp and we both win. So that's another example, again, of just leveraging knowledge and expertise. Um, and lastly, we got, there's another thing you can leverage and, and Julie brought that up when we were talking a little bit earlier, which is a great idea, is basically leveraging groups or your contacts. So, you know, I'll use myself as an example and say you use the word contacts. So if you have a joint venture partner and you worked with them for a while and you've got them some good returns, one of the smartest things you could do is ask that person, do you have any friends or family that would be interested in doing deals with me like you have and get the returns that you've gotten. That's leveraging somebody else's contacts, people you don't know, but someone that your partner has a relationship already with and they have some credibility. That's another way to find a lot more joint venture money. Now, Julie, I'll let you talk on it. You, you talked about this. You can also do leverage groups. Yeah. Well, and um, you know, you've had a lot of experience with this too, as well. I know you have Arlen, cause I've, I've been in so many rooms where you've spoken, but what you could do is if you have a topic that you can speak on, then reach out to some of these real estate investment groups and ask them if they, if you can present to their people, because it's always easier to speak to a hundred people for 30 minutes than it is to try to teach, to, to find, and then meet, let's say, 100 people for 30 minutes each. So it's so much, so much better leverage to, to be able to talk to groups. And a lot of groups, I run a real estate investment group. I run the real, Okanagan Real Estate Investment Group, and I'm always looking for, for people who are going to provide great content uh, to, uh, to the members of the group. So it, it's a win-win, definitely, both ways. Plus, I'm, so I'm leveraging, I'm leveraging the speaker's Again, knowledge, going back to leveraging their knowledge. And one thing I want, one other thing I wanted to make sure and talk about, because I, I thought of this as you were talking about this commercial deal that we're doing, Arlen, is um, 
that it's a, it's a really good deal. And um, we're going to make, you know, Arlen and I are going to make a percentage of it. And, um, you know, I always say this, and I've heard Arlen say this a lot, you know, even, even uh, 10 or 20 or 30% of something is always, every single time, better than 100% of nothing. It's just definitely something that you want to consider. Because sometimes it just means 10% of something gets your foot in the door and it can lead to so many other opportunities. For sure. So I think we gave everybody something to think about in terms of leverage. I mean, again, everybody knows that's in real estate, knows the value of leverage in buying real estate. That's one of the key things that makes people so much money in real estate. But there's a lot more than just that. There's leverage in your money. There's leverage in your time. There's leverage in your credit. There's leveraging your knowledge or expertise and there's leveraging groups and contacts. So, you know, I advise anybody actually write down those five things and make sure you're leveraging, not just 20 or 25% down on a property, but you're leveraging money, time, credit, knowledge, and groups and contacts. You make sure you're leveraging all of them. It's going to really help you on your path to success. It'll help accelerate everything. So I think that's it. Hey, that's that. Yeah. yeah. Another short and sweet podcast. Thanks for being here, everybody. Um, if you have any ideas that you'd like to hear about, please reach out to Arlen or myself. There's contact information nearby. Anything that you want to hear more about, or if you have feedback, uh, please let us know. We're always, we're always interested and we're always wanting to make this better and better and better. And also if you're, if you're interested in coaching, uh, reach out to Arlen or myself, and we also have coaching uh, available that we'd love to talk to any of you about just to help you along on your real estate investment journey. So thanks again for being here, everybody, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>